how much wood could a woodchuck no, chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? A woodchuck would chuck as much wood as it could. If a woodchuck could chuck wood. You have to finish it. Is that the rest of it? A woodchuck would chuck as much wood as a woodchuck could if a woodchuck could chuck wood. A woodchuck would chuck as much wood as it could if a woodchuck could chuck wood. No, you have to. You can't say it. You have to use the name of the animal. So it's a, a woodchuck, woodchuck would, would chuck, chuck as much wood as, as a woodchuck, woodchuck could if a woodchuck, woodchuck could chuck wood. Welcome. Welcome. To. To. Taste it. The podcast. Oh, see, you thought I was going to copy you the whole time. Well done. You followed through. Welcome to the Taste It podcast. It's the tastiest podcast on the Intersphere. Every week, we are trying a new dish, and then we are talking about it, and we're diving into it, and we're tearing it apart, both physically when we ate it, but also later, spiritually, when we talk about how it made us feel. Right here, right now, happening right in front of your ears. Exactly. And it's dope. Right in front of your ears. I like that. Yeah. As you might have noticed, uh, we sound a lot different. Because we got some professional ass audio in this bitch. We're moving on up in this world. We are moving on up in this world. I think the biggest like Achilles heel of our first few episodes were how much the audio sucked. But but here we are, new and improved, ready to give you the goods. Also, we like learned a lot about why our episode sucks. And turns out podcasting is muy difícil. Yes, but we've heard your concerns, uh, Taste Buds, and we're ready with brand new content every week. Starting right now. Let's Boom. Um, let's get right into it. I think we have a very, very fun episode. I'm particularly excited for our Taste of the Week this week. I have, not, we have, not spoil it. Let's not oh, spoil but it. we've got surprises, Jose. Yeah, I know that. You told me about them. We're here. We're collaborating. Yeah, it's Our literally. Taste buds yeah, don't know about them. I know. So let's keep it a secret. But I was trying to like build some anticipation by like telling you that we have surprises, even though we discussed the surprises uh, I'll, beforehand. I'll surprised. Go again. Awesome. We've got surprises, Jose. What? Really? Surprises. What kind of surprises? You'll just have to wait and find out. That's what I said. <laughs> but let's start with our. Let's start with what we tasted this week. Let's start let's with start, our main with course. What do we, What do we usually do, Alice? We go to a restaurant. We fuck it up. Yeah. How do we How do we fuck it up? We try a new dish, something that usually we've never tried before. Sometimes it's something that we've tried before, but, but in a new way, or in like a new in way, a new context, yeah, new light, new mm-hmm. perspective, right? Sometimes uh, it's like in the context of like a massive burrito challenge. Yeah, so that was a fun episode. But for this one, um, really, we just went back to our grassroots. We were like, "How do people find new restaurants? Where can we find a good restaurant to eat?" We went on our different threads, our different kinds of. I don't know, methods, media, I don't know. And basically, we found a good restaurant, right? You recommended it. Why don't you talk about it? I was literally looking for food one day just to like eat, and I was on Grubhub trying to order yep. food. And what I saw this there? restaurant, and I was like, yo, this restaurant looks hype. And I didn't order it because I was like, I want to taste this with Jose. So yep. I ordered something else, and then I was like, we should go to this place. And we did. It was awesome. It's called Soul Cuisine Kitchen. That is, oh, I'm sorry, Soul Cuisine Cafe. It's called Soul Cuisine Cafe. Both. Uh, maybe both, but it's Soul Cuisine Cafe officially, yeah. and uh, cuisine is spelled with a K. That's maybe why I was RC. thinking kitchen. Yeah, so just if you're going to look it up, it's cuisine with a K. So it's Soul yeah. Cuisine Cafe, and this place, like, it kind of blew our minds because it's like, yeah. it's just a place that we, like, kind of found haphazardly, but yeah. then it was, like, a hidden gem over on North Avenue in Baltimore, 
And I was like, wow, how have I never heard of this before and why am I not here every single day? I will never forget it now. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, we should get, first of all, uh, it's the cutest little spot. It's like a little hole in the wall. I think most of their uh, service is like delivery based slash like takeout based. Like we went and sat there. There's like a little seating area. I wouldn't recommend taking like a family there to go sit. It's definitely like more of a delivery takeout place. But that's cool. It contrasts really nicely with like other restaurants that yeah. we've done I on mean, the show. This, this reminded me a lot about Ekiben when we went there. Uh, but this yeah, place I can was see just that. one table and maybe like one sidebar with like four seats. Like not not enough for like anyone to go and sit down comfortably like when it's rush hour food. But when we were there, Atlas, the time that you and I sat down and eat and did everything, I saw about 20 orders being sent out on delivery to like different kinds of people. People came in for pickup. It definitely seemed like a type of uh, place where that was more commonplace. It was just pickup food, delivery food, but it was delicious. And let's talk a little bit more about what we ate. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it was it was awesome. So Soul Cuisine uh, Cafe is actually a soul food restaurant. Um, that's like their their brand. Um, while we were there, we were eating. Jose asked me a pretty good question. He said, Atlas, what is soul food? And I had an answer for him. But uh, to be honest, I mean, like I didn't know how to describe it. It's just something that I knew and understood uh, intrinsically. So I thought it would be cool to like do a little bit of research on it and then talk about it on the show, which, cause I think it's a pretty good question. So soul food. And if you don't know this is like, basically it's, it's cultural food predominantly like associated with, um, black Americans, uh, from the rural South. Um, that's like its origins. And basically it has a lot of like beautiful historical context with it, but it has to do with, um, kind of in the rural South, uh, during a uh, slave era, uh, slaves were not given like optimal choices in terms of uh, really any choices in terms of like eating. And so they got uh, kind of the most like least desirable parts of animals and food and stuff like that. And so it really came out of this uh, need to like make the best of like really bad, I guess, choices of meat and cuts of meat and things like that. So you've got like things like pig feet and pig snout and things like that, that, uh, you know, kind of comprise some soul food. Uh, but it also has some like practical significance because they spend long days outside in the heat, and so they needed to eat, like, high-calorie diets. So it ended up being, like, deep-fried. It was the only way to make some of the meat edible. It was also just a good way to, you know, pack on a lot of fat and protein if you're eating a lot of fried meats and things like that. And that kind of gave them the energy to get through their very exhaustive, you know, um, life. And, and that's what it was. And then it also has, like, a lot of influence that came from Native American culture. So there's, like different uses for like maize right they took corn and then made it into cornmeal and then made cornbread out of that that's like a, a component in soul food and also fishing and at like atlantic food so you've got catfish salmon is a big part of of soul food and then you know you've got protein dense vegetables that typically aren't eaten in like different uh cuisines you know collard greens and things like that and so that's pretty much what soul food is and it kind of evolved out of this um you know this fusion of native american culture african culture uh, southern culture um, and it kind of bled into different things you know comfort food traditional southern comfort food and things like that are all like soul food infused um, and now it's just really popular to do like soul food fusion and, and different things like that uh, and the food is pretty good albeit kind of bad for you but just because of like where it's you know came from and, and it's what, the good kind of bad for you yeah definitely but the purpose it served originally was to be like you know high fat high calorie calorie dense food and so that's that's really like the origins of soul food in a nutshell. And that's that's kind of what it's all about. And it's it's pretty good 
Jose asked the question. He's like not the only one to like not really understand what it was. And I didn't yeah. even know how to explain it. I just kind of knew what it was, but I didn't know that there was all this history that went in on it. Yeah. Did you did you know this after the fact? Because you pretty much told me the exact same thing what you said. Yeah. I, I at the restaurant. I feel like I told you this at the restaurant, but I didn't have it like as you know squared away um, in my head. Gotcha. But, uh, so I did do a little bit of research after the term soul food. Obviously, was not the original term of it. Soul was like an an adjective and a kind of a cultural movement around the 60s and 70s to describe like like black, soul music right to describe like b- black culture and then it got kind of tacked onto this traditionally like black foods but these traditionally black foods came from this like very relevant historical context you know during slavery and things like that exactly. and that's what soul food is um and so you know you have restaurants now that are like soul cuisine cafe which like specialize in soul food and so this is the kind of food that you're getting uh you know what when you told me all of that it definitely made me appreciate it that much more and it was like just amazing yeah, to hear that. I think knowing about your food when you're trying new food just like adds a new layer to it. It's like about knowing about your music when you're listening to new music. Yeah. It's it's There's a context to it that you can't separate from the food and having it together makes it amazing. Yeah, that's what we've been trying to do, I think, for the past couple of episodes. And I feel like this one definitely brought it out that much more. Absolutely. With that, uh, we'll just get right into it and talk about our orders. You want to go first? Because you had, uh, I mean... I had quite a good burger. It was it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, I went there. I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't look at the menu beforehand. I'm I'm sure that you had taken a look at it, but I went in thinking, you know what, I'm gonna go in and try and see different kinds of things on the menu and see what kind of speaks out to me. And I I was just in the mood for a burger, and the burger specifically that I tried is called the Be More Soul Burger. I figured it was like more of like the classic kind of foods that they make there. Um, and specifically, what this had it had onion rings, smoked gouda lettuce, tomato, and smoked paprika mayo. Now, if that doesn't sound delicious by itself, let me tell you, it looked amazing as soon as it came out. 100%. I mean, yeah. this burger was like a TV burger. Like, when you saw yeah. it, it commercial really burger. looked like one of those commercial burgers. It was like, I, I mean, you can see it up on our Instagram. It's like Jose is holding it next to his head, and you can see it's like almost the size of his head. And he, Jose's got like, he's a pretty like tall. <laughs> a large human. No, you're like a tall fellow. You've got like a big hand. And it, you like have to get your hand around this burger. It's like a, actually a decent sized burger. It's yeah. pretty, n- none of those like flat patties no, you're getting at McDonald's. Was, no shade to McDonald's, but like low key. I was very shit. much attracted to this burger just on site. And it, I actually fell in love as soon as I started eating it. Um, just the combination of flavors that came out of it, the meat, super savory, very juicy, very fresh, very um, tasty, just on its own, um, mixed together with the spicy mayo that came along with it, the paprika mayo, definitely made that little zing that much more like better, counteracted with the pickle that I like to just have with my burgers. I know you don't like pickles. Not a big people, pickle fan. Yeah. Some people don't like pickles, but I love pickles. And this just made me play with the flavors just a little bit more. Uh, the bread by itself. I mean, some people take burger bread for granted. They don't like pay much attention to it. But this one was like perfectly browned and perfectly like toasted right before it came out. So it just tasted really warm and fluffy as soon as you took that first bite. And all co- collectively, it was just Dude, I'm what sorry, the I messed it up fuck? <laughs> um, he hit his mic for those of you who can't all of you can't see what just happened. It's not a it video. It's pretty funny though. Anyways, it did collectively taste incredible and i seriously recommend it to anyone who wants yeah to try it, it was like i mean i j- took a bite of it and it, it tasted pretty fantastic but uh it looked incredible and it was just like a, a good size burger and what really blew me away about it was the price like 
this place. Oh, wait, it, let's let's get into that a little bit later because I want to say everything that I had first. Yes, and then you can give them the final price. Yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, get into it. So what else? I did you had try? that burger, and along with that burger, I also ordered a side of wings because I was like, you know what? Let's like treat yourself a little bit here. Treat yourself. Um, the wings that I got were the blackened Caribbean jerk, just something new, something like out there. The crispiness of these wings, incredible. Also, just like all of these foods, just blew my mind. Um, along with the blackened Caribbean jerk chicken wings, I had some fries. And collectively, all oh, and a Coke, all that together cost about $16. That's less than what we normally spend on one single entree at different restaurants we've been to, Atlas. Yeah, that is like, I mean, if you think about it, we've been a like... A and a half. Yeah, we've been exploring like different restaurants. So we've gotten a pretty good gauge of like price, depending on what you're getting. And like, this is amazing. Like if you're looking to get like some dinner after work or just like go out to lunch with a buddy or something like that, I highly recommend just like ordering from this place or like uh, calling in, placing a takeout order and going to pick it up. Like it's so cost effective. You get so much food and you can see on our Instagram at tasted podcast, how much food that we actually got. Like we've got pictures up there. It was like, how many wings was it? Like eight wings, like eight, eight wings, eight wings, a giant plate of fries, this big a burger, burger and a drink. It was like amazing. It was, it was pretty dope. Good price. Yeah. What did you get? So I had the uh, salmon and crab Imperial dish. So I, I know that we, fancy, fancy. I know, right? Definitely I, fits your aesthetic. <laughs> I had to get a little bougie, even at a soul food restaurant, because that's just how I roll. But anyway, so, uh, and I also was just like really in the mood for fish. Um, I originally wanted the half roast chicken, which is their claim to fame, if you like go on Yelp and read their reviews. And then I get there, and, and they were like, yo, we don't make it anymore. And I was like, what? They, I thought they just didn't have it. They, no, like, they it's off the menu. They straight up were like, we don't make it anymore. I was like, why? Literally, Too like, much demand. I, I, that might be it because on the internet, I was like, this is the only thing people were talking about. And I literally told the girl, I was like, yo, like I actually came for this. And she's like, I know it's so good. And I didn't ask, I should have asked why they stopped making it. Probably like salmonella or some shit. No, I can't I say that. that. Hang on. I'm not going to say that don't because, because one, uh, it's, it, it's not, I'm just saying like nation, nationwide, there's a chicken salmonella thing going on. That's why. Sure. Yeah. And Turkey. And just E. coli everywhere. Really. Well, right with romaine lettuce. Yeah. Um. Not. I'm not implying that this place has hygiene problems. With they not do not. All. It is a clean looking a place. Plus. It is fantastic. Yeah. 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 No. No shade to them. I'm just saying that might have been a possible. Recover, recover. Whatever. I'm. I'm done just trying to. I'm done trying to recover from this. But anyway. So uh, I got the salmon and crab imperial. I know we tried crab before on this show. Um. And I was pretty harsh on on that we won't say their name but i was pretty harsh hey, <laughs> it's in our first episode i was pretty harsh on their crap i i gave them a lot of shit and i was like you know what was i too hard on them were my expectations too high let me try this crab and compare it and see if i was wrong i wasn't wrong this crab was amazing nah. <laughs> fadley's crab was trash uh <laughs> don't they're they're so nice nah you know what i'm doubling down i'm just they are super nice to us so they hit us up on facebook yeah they're really nice um I, and I love that them, and but I just didn't enjoy their crab. So sorry. that's fair. If you, you know? didn't enjoy it, I understand. Yeah, it's my honest like opinion. I just don't. Know. I, I I need to be objective. So talk more about soul cuisine. Soul cuisine. This crab is basically a lump of crab meat on top of a salmon fillet, uh, drizzled in this amazing like it almost tastes like a hollandaise sauce. I think it is like kind of a it gets got a hollandaise type base thing to it, and then just garnished with chives. It's really, 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 really good. It came with mac and cheese, which is like 
soul food like modern day soul food capital is mac and cheese and they nailed it it was really good it was it was creamy it was delicious it wasn't the best mac and cheese i ever had but it yeah. was it was good um and then they had this is the part that like i'm gonna need to talk about and unpack for a little bit <laughs> and i want you guys to interact with us on social media and tell us if this is normal or if i'm a completely going crazy they had powdered sugar on their sweet potato fries have you heard of this normal. shit? I have. Get the fuck out of here. No, you have not. That is, the, that is maybe the weirdest shit I've ever seen in my life. Have you ever had chicken and waffles? I've had chicken and waffles. Have you ever had powdered sugar on your chicken? Yeah, but that's... that's... Isn't that not weirder than having sweet potato fries with powdered sugar? No, I, I really genuinely believe that that was the weirdest thing I've ever had. And I mean, I looked it up later and apparently it's like kind of normal. Like they do it in different parts of the country, especially in the South, you know, or soul food origins and stuff like that. It's pretty common. But I like, it's not something that I'm familiar with. And I mean, I'm familiar with soul food like a little bit, but like it's not, it's not my shit. I was just like so confused by it. I think and you're then, just scared of things that are different. No, I tried it and I didn't like it. I'm not talking out my ass. Like I, I genuinely was a little it's i was like put off by fries. it okay yeah. okay good and then you but, were like sweet potato fries with powdered sugar yo but like i i salt my sweet potato fries oh, i like okay. this like i like the sweet from the sweet potato but i also like the savory you know so you had a certain mentality going into these fries yeah for sure like subverted the it. worst part was it like snuck up on me because i saw this like you know it was kind of like drizzled in this like white powder and i was like oh maybe it's like some special kind of granulated salt shit took a bite out of it and then lo and behold it's sugar and i was just like that is insane and i couldn't like dip it in ketchup or anything because then you're just eating sugar and ketchup and now you're on some shit like uh, that's weird yeah but i mean the the crab the main dish the the crab and the salmon was top notch it was really really good especially at the price i got it for same thing like my meal altogether was like 18 bucks and you gotta keep in mind i'm eating seafood which is typically marked up especially crab meat is very like relatively expensive compared to meats and you know it was about eighteen bucks, and it was yeah, really you essentially really got good. a crab cake plus like an extra meal somewhere yeah. in there, dude. That's strike that. number two. I, I'm not used to this new setup. If you guys, uh, for those of you who can't see, which is all of you, Jose hit his mic again, and uh, that's strike number two. Strike number three, and we get to roast him live on this show. Although How we've kind live? of already been. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's not live at all. <laughs> okay, it's Moving live on. to me right now. Moving on, we have to like go into our ratings here. All right, let's get into it. We told them where we ate. We told them what we ate. We told them how delicious it was. It's Some time to how we ate it. Yeah, why we ate it. I don't why know. we ate it. After we the fact. we gave them a little history. <laughs> yeah, a little Native American influence, Southern African American influence, hardship. We talked about it all. We covered it all. It's time for the ratings. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right, hit me. What do you got? Uh, you, should I should I hit you with the slogan? Hit it. Are you ready for the slogan? Go for it. You're not ready. I'm ready for the here. Slogan. It is ready. On a scale from one to six, how many licks for this dish? Boom. Mine was a 5.4. Get the fuck out of here. That's so high. No, That's I mean, so high. I've, I've gone back to our previous like, episodes, seen the recordings, and tried to like uh, equate it to something that I thought made sense along that scale. 5.4. Let me tell you why. It's good food, easily accessible, very cheap price, and like very clean for what we went and we had a good time. While we were there. The, it is the cutest place. No, yeah. you walk inside. They've got like a, a nice little like four person cedar table and then some walls, uh, like some seats along the walls. It yeah. is like a super cute little spot. There's definitely like not enough seating to like go with a group or something like that. It's definitely more of a takeout delivery place. But Ordering, you're right. It did look very nice yeah. inside. Um, they had a cool aesthetic. Took some points off because some of the things that they had like were kind of mad. I think the fries were just like not their their best feature, I guess. But like that's just small things. 
if they could work on like the outside stuff they're good but like their main things their main dishes golden very much in tune with what i I like and i appreciate and if i can have that delivered to me all the more power to them yeah the the fact that they make this delicious food and will deliver it to you is insane because it's like you know i mean like you can get a burger and fries delivered from like almost anywhere but it's really hard to get like good salmon and good crab delivered to you right so that's that's a big plus um what about you yeah i gotta get into my rating right now I thought about it. I I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? They earned a solid four point six. Solid four point six. And here's I'm gonna get into it. Ready? Get in it. Um, I mean, I already talked about it. The powder trigger on the sweet potato fries that threw me a little bit. I wasn't a whole one point one point off. I'm sure. (laughs) I mean, how much did I take off total? One point four licks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it definitely took 1.33 off. Like, I, I don't <laughs> No, that was a part of it. The mac and cheese was not the best mac and cheese I ever had. I think it's kind of in the same vein as you. Like, the sides were not, uh, you know, up to par with the main. Uh, the main dish was very good. I had really no complaints about the main dish. My My bigger complaint is that there's no seating inside. So it's not a restaurant that you could go to comfortably if there's like if you go inside and somebody sit like there's another group of people there like you're not gonna find a place to sit but that's okay because i think it's supposed to be a takeout place it's supposed to be a delivery place yeah and they excel at that and the fact that they can deliver you high quality food is amazing um but the fact that they compared to other restaurants that we've tried don't offer the full restaurant experience of like you know getting to come in and sit down and have a place you compared it to ekiben but even ekiben has like good seating you know minimal I mean? seating minimal seating but still enough place to sit like this place literally had like one table and then walls like tables against the wall so i I'll, want them I'll to expand you... i want them to create an environment where like people can come and and you know sit down and have a meal because that's our yeah. favorite thing about having a meal like it's great to get food delivered but the whole point of this show and the whole point of like you know Just our taste of the, the week food. well no there's that but we also like place a big emphasis on the conversations that we have when we're trying and talking about things and having experience with friends yeah. and you can't do that if you can't collect at a place and have like a community feel and sit down i mean that's a good point and you right? know what like i'll give validity to that it's it's very important to like find a um i guess environment when you go out and you can like that can inspire a good conversation but for all our college students out there that are listening in for all like the grad students busy uh doing group studies or hanging out with their friends who just want to stay in at home you know, like you could also have a good like environment there to foster the kind of conversations that you want. If anything, it's easier to do that and to have food delivered to you when you order like a pizza or something. That's where like the fun happens. And if you could order good food when you do that, isn't that kind of the, the magic of like taste it? Yeah, no, I totally understand where you're coming from. Like for sure. I think like, uh, you know, as long as you're with good people and you're having good food, you know, you're living the taste it lifestyle. Um, I'm with you. But like, I when I'm going in to make a rating, I gotta consider all the factors. And like for what it is, it's a great place. I love it. Their food is is pretty top notch. The sweet potato fries are a little weird, but whatever. Um, I I really liked it. The food earned earned my win. But like I have to look at it in its entirety, and I gotta look at it. And I gotta compare it to other places that we tried. And I gotta say, you know, the and the one area that we're lacking, and I think we said the same thing about Water for Chocolate, which is one of my favorite places that we've been to, was that it was a little bit cramped inside. And like most places in Baltimore City, there's not a lot of space. So, you know, you gotta you gotta give credit to the people who who do have some space and you know. Yeah. Ooh.
Okay, let's get back into it. Um, we have got our tastes of the week lined up. Do yeah. you wanna? Do you wanna? Should we hold off on the surprise? Yeah, let's build the suspense. We're holding off on the surprise. Yeah. We're well, start if anything, our... if anything, let's let's talk about it this way. We're doing like a communal taste of the week this time because it's something that we both like and something that we both kind of been into this past week. Surprisingly, kind of happened by accident. I heard about it during Thanksgiving break. You heard it during Thanksgiving break. And we both just kind of binge watched the show, didn't we? We both finished it like in the same period of time, and it was both like uh, it was like a ridiculously short amount of time to finish two seasons yeah. of the show. But we did it anyway because like we're on the same wavelength. Like yeah, that. And and we I. didn't talk to each other while we were doing. It. We just did it independently, and then we came back and we're like, "Have I, you seen this show? Oh my god!" Yeah, that's exactly how it went down. I just told you, "Hey, Atlas, this show, my taste of the week, and this show, Taste Buds, is the good place." So and what an appropriate name, the good place. It's I a felt good at home show. when I watched it. Yeah, I don't know. It was just so easy to watch and so like casual, so like subtly funny. Not even subtly. It was just like so casually funny, as I think a better way to describe it. Yeah. Do you want to give a quick synopsis to the to the poor souls who have not seen or heard of the show? Let me let me try my best here. Ready? And you can correct me along the way because I know you've you're also a huge fan of the show. I am a big fan. Yeah. All right. So the premise of the show is that it stars this person named Eleanor Shellstrop, played by Kristen Bell, um, who and who dies and ends up in a different place called The Good Place. Um, it's kind of like everyone's, like all religions interpretation of heaven, but only like about 5% of each. And it's kind of like where you're going if you've lived a life full of like a lot of charity um, and a lot of just taking care of other people. Essentially, you're like almost very perfect to like other people around you you've like for eleanor for example she's gone out and like helped other people in different communities and different like continents and different worlds set up like organizations for them to thrive and prosper after the fact yeah she was like a very successful environmental lawyer and she did all this good in her life exactly and so she ended up in the good place um the person who's in charge of the good place is played by ted danson his name was michael Right. Yeah, Ted Danson, what a guy. What a guy. So fucking funny. Amazing. And like his chemistry, his like personality is just amazing to watch on screen. Um, and then you find out later that Eleanor is actually not supposed to be in the good place. Apparently there was like a mix up with her name or whatever. And so she's just in this environment where she kind of has to pretend to be this good Eleanor. Right. And the real Eleanor was a shitbag. Like she was kind of, awful. Like she was just kind of a dick. I mean, like she didn't kill anybody. She wasn't super bad, but she, she just was, like was an asshole. There that's a be better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. She was just like not a good person, right? Like just passed by, didn't recycle, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> didn't recycle. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I include you as hear like, that everybody? Recycle. Fucking recycle or you're going to hell. Yeah. Uh no, but like she'd be very mean to her friends, very mean to her parents, all the above. Um, and so she kind of has to try to learn to be a good person so she could fit in here. And she has the help of one of her friends that she meets at this place named Chidi, C-H-I-D-I, Chidi. And he's like a ethics professor, philosophy professor when he was in like the world. Yeah. And, and he, he lived died. his like entire life in pursuit of like ethical, just like moral good and just like trying to be a good person. That's why he ended up in a good place. Yeah. And so the whole show is like exploring different kinds of philosophy different kinds of ethics and kind of like what leads someone to be a good person or like what leads your actions to be determined ethical um and the show does a really good job of exploring different kinds of situations where that's the case yeah i am like a bit of a of an amateur philosophy nerd i i did uh we did another episode on this podcast where one of my tastes of the week was a philosophy podcast i love philosophy and they do a, a actually very good job of like presenting um 
pretty like good ph philosophical concepts, uh, very academic concepts in like a very mundane way. It's probably a good time to mention that this is a sitcom. This is all taking oh, yeah. place like in the frame of like a three Thir camera sitcom. Yeah, 13 it episodes. Is, yeah, every and it's episode. so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. But like, let me tell you why. I'll get into that a little bit after the synopsis. Um, every episode progresses the story like further. There's not really that many filler episodes, I would say. And it's very much just like in tune with what it is. It knows its setting and it knows what it's trying to play off of. And that's that's where it's kind of getting its money. Um, funny characters, funny interactions between them, funny setting, unique, uh, very creative. Um, and the cr creative producer of all this, Atlas, is Michael Schur. Do you know who Michael Schur is? I know, but only because you told me yesterday. I didn't know this at the time that I was watching it, but you see his name at the beginning of every episode. Yes. And Michael Schur... You've seen him in a, a lot of other things also, right? I'm going to name a couple of things that he's been a part of, and you tell me if you've you've heard of it. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So, Michael Schur has been the executive producer of Saturday Night Live. He was executive producer on Saturday Night Live? One of the producers. One of the producers. And The Weekend Update say, in particular. Yeah. Uh, the Comeback. The Comeback. I don't know that I've heard I don't know one. what that is. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> you office. just wrote it down. You don't know what it <laughs> the is. The Office. Okay, was he a producer or a writer? He was a writer, producer, and actor. That's crazy. That this guy is he like was super the cousin talented. of Dwight Schrute. Oh my God, this guy is Moe's? Yes. Oh my God, That's this him. guy is the creator of the show The Good Place is this guy Moe's. That's yes. amazing. Uh, he also <laughs> co-created Parks and Rec. Okay, yeah. I, that's the part that you told me. I knew co -created that. Co-created yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, yeah. I love Brooklyn And then co-created The Good Place also. This guy might be my new favorite person. I love all of those shows. He also... Uh, produced Master of None. I love Master of None, but Aziz Ansari and I are like, uh, we're we, we need to work. We need to right work. Now. We're in a weird place. We need to work that. through some things. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk right. about that. In we'll different talk case. about it. That's a different episode. Uh, yeah. And then here's something that I found even more interesting. He wrote the episode Nosedive of the show Black Mirror. Do you know? Do you know this episode? I don't know this episode because I don't watch Black Mirror, but and I I know I should. I know. Shame on me. I'll, Shame on I'll you. watch it. Shame but on you. The fact, but I know what Black Mirror is, and I know yeah. the genre, and the fact that this dude has this much range where he could do comedy like The Office, like workplace comedy like The Office, traditional sit comedy like situational comedy like The Good Place, and then do like psychological thriller like Black Mirror is crazy. And also play Moe's. Like, is this the most talented human being of all time? He is a comedic Vitruvian man. Not to, yeah, not to mention sketch comedy like SNL. Yeah. Who is this guy? I'm, I need to look you him up. You need to look more I'm, into him. Because when I found up. out that he did all this, I was just blown away. That's insane. Yeah. I had no idea about any of that. That's, also, that's if you were to watch an episode, you should watch Nosedive of Black Mirror. Okay. This is the episode that kind of got me hooked in on it. It was like the first episode of season three. And it's all about how like technology and like the rating system... Uh, influences kind of like your place in the world so the higher rating you have kind of like those instagram models the more followers you have the more likes you have the higher your rating the more opportunities you have in the world okay so here's the thing um and this is a little aside we're getting off topic yeah. but i, I want to say this because it's important sure i love the twilight zone it's actually it's one like of that. my yeah. well i know it's one of my favorite tv shows of all time i love watching it i was so happy to find out that they had so many episodes on netflix i used to watch it um, like on TV, like back home when I was younger. And the reason I love the Twilight Zone is because it's like scary, it's spooky, it's interesting stories, it's sci-fi, it's nerdy. I love everything about it. But it's also so far removed from me. Like when I watch the Twilight Zone, it's the 1950s. It's some it. white people I with some it. white people problems. Yep. And there's like some weird, like it's terrible special effects and it's I like see. weird ass music and stuff like that. And I'm just like, it's, I'm watching. That can never happen to me. Right. That can never happen to me. It's so other. 
I don't like Black Mirror because Black Mirror is like happening right now and that shit could happen to me and it's too modern and it's too like it, relatable. Yeah, and I can't do that. Like a mirror? Right. Uh, fuck that. <laughs> like seriously. And so Sorry. that's why I can't get into Black Mirror. That makes sense. Yeah. But okay. And I'm a scarity of, fans for sure. You really are. Yeah. To bring it back though, like those kinds of like moral ethical questions that he kind of brings up in Black Mirror, I think kind of come back into the gold the good sorry the good place they translate yeah but like put that kind of like small ethical questions along with like the situational comedy of parks and rec brooklyn 99 a subversive humor subversive comedy where like you think something's gonna happen but the characters like find a way out of it because they're like smart witty uh creative optimistic and they're always like pushing ahead to like find what they want to do they want to help their friends they want to like make sure that they all get to the good place so they want to make sure that they're uh, a cohesive unit because that's what you see in all the shows like parks and rec brooklyn Nine. um i don't know master of none is kind of like that the office you is a good, that, yeah. good example of that um so i think michael sure kind of has a type of show that he works or likes to produce in and that's like optimistic characters in interesting situations working towards like a good a common good that's a pretty that's a pretty cool take on that I, I didn't recognize that but now that you mention all those shows together and you talk about that I can see how that exists in each one of those pieces of work yeah and also just in, so much credit I have I have to pay so much respect to this guy for diversity right he has a diversity of interests like I already talked about he does sketch comedy on SNL he does um, workplace comedy with parks and rec in the office he does situational comedy with the good place he does master of none which is like a very different style of comedy it's like very slice of life comedy it's very like you know re realistic comedy and things like that to have that and black mirror of course which is just way out of left field and to have that kind of diversity of interest and then to be able to produce like such good content i think it really comes through in his work m one of my favorite things about brooklyn 99 and also the good place is diversity each of the characters is so different from the other one. Yeah. There's really so, it's so hard to draw any overlap between them in both the quality of the person and qualities of the person and then the way they speak and the way they interact with the world and the way they approach the situation. They're so different from each other. And yet he makes this like cohesive concert in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, for example. And in The Good Place, there's this cohesive concert of all these characters who are so different from each other playing off of each other in just like this amazing way and like it's that kind of diversity when you can marry that it's really good and that's my favorite thing about the good place is that all of the characters are so different from each other but they play off of each other in this unbelievably cohesive way it's so cool i love it can i kind of expand on that a little bit further please do there there is like a certain like writing technique that some authors use in like cinematography and filmmaking but also like in books where like you can see something called like the four pillar model or something like that, the four corner story where you have four different characters who are so diverse from each other, but they all, they're diverse in their way of thinking towards one subject. Um, to give you an example, just we're just taking this different directions right now. The Batman Begins series, you know, the, the Dark oh, yeah, Knight trilogy. We're way off. Let, let, let me <laughs> let's, just do it very quickly. It. No, no, let's do it. So the yeah. whole, the whole concept of the movie or like the trilogy is fear, right? So like what is fear, overcoming fear, facing your fears, and then, rising above them that's kind of what the trilogy revolves around in a nutshell anyways in the first movie you have characters like batman right uh christian bale you have the razal ghoul you have the scarecrow and then you have the head of the mafia i don't know what his name is but like he's uh, falcon falcon so those four characters all represent a different aspect of fear and they have their own philosophy and they're different from each other and you see how those philosophies interact and why they're not compatible 
and why they're all kind of revolving around each other instead of coming together. So in the same way, The Good Place, you have four different characters. You have uh, our main character, Eleanor. You have Chitty. You have the, the female... Tahani. Tahani. And then you have Jason, right? And then those four characters are all kind of revolving around ethics and like, what is ethics? And I think the four corners here is kind of like people who are aware of the ethics behind something, who try to be a good person, people who try to be a good person for the wrong reasons, people who are just bad uh, for being bad, but like kind of sort of like for whatever reason. Yeah, like no absolute bad, but you know, exactly. people would consider them bad on the face, on face value. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Jason in this case, who just doesn't <laughs> know what he's doing, doesn't know what's good, doesn't Absol- know what's bad. Just like absolute ignorance. Yes. Yeah. And so those four different aspects, haha, that was you this time. I don't think you For those of you it. who don't know, Alice just bumped his mic. <laughs> so that's strike one for him. But you couldn't hear it. Definitely. Maybe you can hear it. I don't know. Anyways, going back to the good place. Those, that four corner philosophy definitely shows, I think. And that's something that good writing encapsulates and kind of surrounds and is a part of it. And Michael Shore does a good job in doing that in his writing. Yes, without a doubt, 100%. I wholeheartedly, it's not necessarily my taste of the week, but I wholeheartedly recommend this show. Uh, it is your taste of the week, though, so I need yeah. you to put a taste rating Are on it. Are we doing it. ratings? Yeah, you got to put a taste uh, rating on it. I don't want to give this one a rating because I, I liked it a lot, but there are, I'll, I will say my bad parts, and I think it's important also to kind of give the caveats behind your ratings. Right. I will say, though, also, amazing characters like who are, who come in and out of the show, people who, from different shows like The Office and like Parks and Rec and Adam Scott comes out in it, Zach Braff comes out in it. Zach Braff is not in The Good Place. Yeah. No way. Are we? Are you sure? Wait, wait. Who's who's Kristen Bell's husband? In uh oh yeah, his not that's not Zach Braff, dude. What's I forgot his name? his name, but it's not Zach Braff. I'll look it up Some, right now. Okay, it doesn't matter. Anyways, also, what's the name of the woman who came out on SNL, who played the judge? Uh, Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. Amazing characters, amazing people all coming together. Ted Danson was a part of it. Yeah, there are a lot of really cool cameos in this show. Uh, Just going back, uh, Dax Shepard is the name of Kristen Bell's husband, who is not Zach Braff. How dare you do that to Zach Braff? No, put some respect on Zach Braff's name. Zach Braff should be appreciated more. How dare you? It's okay. It's not okay, but we'll (laughs) pretend like it's okay. All right, put a rating on it. My final rating for the show, Atlas, was about a 5.0. Give me, give me, I, I would agree with you on that, I would say, but give me, give me a, the reason that you're putting a 5.0. Also, I gave, I gave all the good reasons behind it. Okay. And I think to add on just a little bit, it's like the the fact that it's binge watchable is both a good and a bad thing because you, for sure, for sure. you have like this very easy content to digest and to like see and watch and you just blow through two seasons in like a couple days like we did. Um, and we want more, we want to see more. Now, the bad part that kind of comes with that, the binge watchability of it, is that if you're not sitting there and digesting what happens in a show, at least to me, it doesn't make for like the the best show that you can watch. When you have shows like Game of Thrones that takes like a couple of episodes to kind of develop the story where like you get to digest the characters and like you see the kind of interactions, the ethics behind their actions and the responsibilities, the consequences that occur from that and how they develop. I don't think The Good Place has that. It has a lot of like ethical questions that they kind of explore for the fun of it, for the sake of having a good time. And of course, the episodes progress a lot more rapidly than other shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or Parks and Rec. But there's still something that like I, I feel like it needs to kind of like center itself on. Like it has all the makings of a good show, but maybe just not a cornerstone that can like set up a great foundation for a good show. 
it's a good show nonetheless. I really recommend it to anyone. 5.0 is a great rating. Go out there, taste it, watch these watch these episodes. Yeah, I think I I I don't know I don't know if I entirely agree with your point, but I think the the one thing for me is that like it checks it checks off all the boxes for me for a good show in that it's funny. It's incredibly addictive. It's so much fun to watch. You just want to watch it all at once and get through it and you lo- you fall in love with the characters. Yeah. So for me it checks off all of those boxes which like those are my boxes for a good show. But the one thing about it is that because it's dealing with like subjects like the afterlife and ethical philosophy and you know really have heavy subjects like death and life and things like that and it's framed in the framework of like a sitcom that like if you're not careful you can miss a lot of the really deep and That's like I mean. complex you know topics that they're discussing with incredible intellectualism like they're really saying some profound stuff about all of these topics uh but because it is a sitcom and it's so funny and Kristen Bell is so funny and Ted Danson is so funny like they're just so silly that like you know if you're not careful you might fall into the trap of just watching it like another TV show but I highly recommend that you go into it with like a kind of a an academic mindset and really try to take something <laughs> away from it because it's so smart in yeah. addition to being so funny. I think that's so the that's best my part drawback. You're for right. Me. Yeah. 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 So we, we touched a lot of the same topics there. Like it's definitely, it's smart and it's, it's very witty. There's a lot of that humor that you see, that incisiveness of like certain topics. Like you have like a really philosophical concept or ethical question that they're exploring. And then they'll make like a couple comments that are just so funny in the moment. So situationally like hilarious that they just, that's what kept me watching. Right, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but go into it and and watch it and and keep keep an eye out for some of the really really smart writing and really really smart things that are said in the show. Cool. Let's not keep them waiting. Why don't you... We need some uh, drum roll. I'm going to add in post. Drum roll. This is our... This is. Can you also add in like a trumpet sound right here? Do you know what just happened, guys? Nope. Nope. That was me playing the trumpet right there. He tried to like play the trumpet, but what really happened was he hit his mic for strike three. They're not going to call me out on social media, right? Like there's... I'm calling you out right now. That should be bad enough. That's I feel ashamed, but don't don't hate your mic. <laughs> speaking speaking of being ashamed, let's go ahead and right <laughs> go let's into, get into it. Uh, so we have something to introduce. Um, I was talking to Jose uh, earlier this week, and I was thinking I was like, you know what, we we have these tastes of the week, and we're making recommendations on like things and content and and aspects of culture that we like. And because we like them, we always rate them highly because, you know, we love them. We're not going to rate them low. We're making a recommendation. It's going to be a high rating. There's no contrast. I was like, what what could we possibly say that's going to have a low rating? And so that's when I came up with what I like to call the waste of the week, which is something that is trash that you should not try because we do not like it. And Jose is shaking his head because he disagrees with my waste of the week. I like the concept. I don't like what my actual waste yeah. is. Yeah. So we're going to get into it. I have a our first ever waste of the week, which is something that I do not like, that I do not recommend, that I don't think that you should try. And it is bird scooters. I waste it. I don't want I don't want it. Hard pass X. No, no. I don't know before, what else to say. I before don't like I give it. my retort, <laughs> of which I have many. Oh, hang on! I'm just scratching the <laughs> yeah, surface. Yeah, we tell, have to. I have to go in on bird scooters. All right. 
this podcast is is dedicated to everybody who refuses to use bird scooters. You're America's heroes. I love you. Bird scooters, if you don't know, bird scooters are a ride sharing uh, tech platform, basically. It's an app, and what it allows you to do is that in, in a lot of major cities, you can go up to an electric scooter, you can rent it effect- essentially with your phone, uh, and then you can uh, ride it around. And, and they have a real startup type vibe, I guess, but this company started uh, about a year ago in Santa Monica, California. Uh, it was started by this guy, and you cannot make this up. This is actually his name. Is his name David Bird? No. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Uh, Travis Vander Zanden is his name. If that isn't the I name... I could just imagine this guy being like some kind of surfer dude that was like, bruh, we need to you come know up what? with some kind of cool way. I don't want to judge him. He didn't choose his name. I don't want to throw shade at his name. But yeah, you're right. That's exactly what it sounds like. But whatever. You know, y- viewers... I'm just I'm speaking objectively here. There's no bias in, in what I'm saying. There will be in a moment when I start roasting them, but not right now. So basically, one of the and the one of the things I don't like them about them is that they want to give you this 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 vibe that like oh we're just innovators, we're just startup, we're young, we're hip. No 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 no. These guys are not startup. They're not innovators. Not just scratching the surface. They were 2018 Time Magazine's 50 Genius Companies. They have 10 million rides. They're operating in 100 cities internationally. That's not startup, bro. That's a big company. They started a year ago. They're, they're you know literally what a startup. Dude it, dude, it doesn't matter if you started a year ago. You reach a certain size where you're not startup anymore. They're worth over $2 billion as of June 2018. That's not startup money, bro. You're right. That they're, is, they're genius. That Stop. Hang on. So that's the thing I don't like about them. They try to like push this like brand of like, you know, we are startup, we're, you know, young tech guru, whatever, Silicon Valley, that kind of deal. That's not the case. They're a very big company and it's starting to become a very serious problem. So basically what happened was, uh, and this is, I'm going to talk about it in the context of Baltimore because we're based okay. in Baltimore and yeah, I think it's it's important for our, our, a lot of our listeners are in Baltimore. So as of August, 2018, the city of Baltimore basically reached an agreement with Bird Scooters uh, and Lime Scooters, which is like a... a a comparable company, I would say. And it allowed them to try a six-month pilot program in the city. So this was uh, a few months ago that this started. And basically, it's a, a trial period to see how and if the scooters should be regulated. And so far, what we know is that like there's about a 1,000 scooters that are allowed in the city from each company, Bird and Lime, so over you know 2,000-ish scooters. And they also have like some bike programs or whatever. Um, they're allowed on the streets, but they're not allowed on the sidewalks, but everybody rides them on the sidewalks. Anyway, whatever. Is that, um, is that for sure a thing? Like that's they're for not sure. They're like the, the city said that for the trial period, they don't want them to be allowed on the sidewalks, but everybody rides them on the sidewalks. But that's not, that's not my gripe. I'm just giving okay. people a quick overview. Sure, sure, sure. Um, basically, they can be parked anywhere as long as they don't impede private properties, stairways, bus shelters, or elevator entrances. I can see where you're going with this. Uh, does anybody see where I'm going with this, right? Bird allows riders under 18 years old, but Lime lets you ride as young as 16 years old, which, I, you know, whatever. I'll talk about that in a little bit. This is the one thing that I really want to, I'm going to poke and prod at a lot. Ready? Companies like Bird and Lime in the city of Baltimore, at least for the trial period, are required to offer discounted rides or monthly rates that are low, that are like low for low income users. And they need to place a quarter of their bicycles and scooters in very specific low-income neighborhoods. And the reason that the city wanted to do this is because it's like a form of like equity control. And they want to give people who like are not able to afford cars or whatever a means of transportation that they can use to, you know, for whatever. It can be really hard for people to get to places when you don't have the funds or the means or something like that. And as so a, they're humanitarian. Hang on, company. hang on. 
Bird doesn't do that. They don't. They actually don't. They have no control over where their scooters are put, even though they're supposed to put them in specific places according to the city. They don't do that. They literally roll up into a city, they drop their scooters off, and then they leave. They bounce. Bird is responsible for making sure that the city's circ- the scooters circulate in certain places of the city, and Bird doesn't do that. They literally roll up into the city, they drop the scooters off, and then they leave with no foresight of how the scooters are going to be regulated uh, with no prior planning. They come into a city, they drop off the scooters, and they've done this to over 100 cities, uh, and then they, they dip. So that's my first gripe with Bird is that there's little to no regulation. So basically, a Baltimore City Councilman said that this is how they operate. They literally come, quote, from my understanding, in many of the cities that they are in, they essentially drop off their scooters, and then the cities develop reg- a regulatory framework afterwards, end quote. Um, so I mean, like, that's a really big problem for one cities that are not ready to take on that kind of traffic are not equipped for that Two cities that are trying to promote equity and give people equal opportunity and distribute the scooters strategically. Um, there's no regulation on that. Gripe number two, I already talked about it. These are supposed to be parked there. There's no designated parking space for them. They can literally be anywhere. Wait, I just want to paint a visual picture for the people that are listening right now i got my own old man vibe on well that but you're also on a soapbox i don't know if you know that <laughs> anyways just so people know at home like that's just what's going on 110 percent. two they're illegally parked literally everywhere they they are they are thrown like anywhere you see them all over the street in the you harbor in some parts they found six of them in the inner harbor in baltimore People literally, they found them, there's reports in certain places, they found them thrown up in trees, in electrical poles. Somebody has to go get that. Usually it's the city. That comes back on the taxpayer. It is a mess. They're, and, and they're not supposed to be parked like obstructing stairs or private businesses. They constantly are. And people hate it. I hate it. It pisses me off. I don't like them. I'm really going in right now. And basically, you can't impound a, a scooter the way you impound a car, right? Like, who's responsible for like picking up like vandalized or broken scooters bird is do they they're supposed to do that within a certain like time period it's different for cities some cities have it like within 20 days you're supposed to come get a broken one bird doesn't do that they're actually really bad at doing that and this is something you brought up earlier these scooters need charging right so they bird what they do is they contract people to charge them so we're talking about the distribution of the scooters what Bird does is like you can sign up to be a charger, quote, for Bird. And basically what that means is that they'll give you instructions to pick up certain scooters, take them to your home, charge them, and then redistribute them in certain spots of the city. So Bird is basically pawning off its responsibility to distribute the scooters equitably that the city has like charted out for them onto regular pedestrians, like like normal people, right? So it's it's the company's job to distribute these scooters and strategically and put them in certain parts of the city, but they pass that off to people. And what do they pay them? In some parts of the country, Bird pays as little as $3 per scooter charge to these people. So one, you're having them do work. Two, you're paying them $3 per charge, which if you do the math, like if you do a certain number of scooters and you work like eight hours a day trying to do this, it's effectively a full-time job. It comes to something like a few cents, less than a dollar per hour, which is way below minimum wage. You know what I mean? So like the amount of work that you're doing versus the amount of pay that you're doing. Not to say that, you know, being a charger is supposed to substitute a job or anything like that. But it could. But there are labor laws that you have to follow. You can't have people work for your company and do your job for you, bird. Your job is to redistribute these scooters. 
and then pay them dirt nothing. That's the, by the way, the national low is $20. The national highest, or yeah. national low is $3. The national high is $20. By the way, Bird, if you're listening, we'd love to have some kind of partnership or sponsorship Fuck from you, you. Bird. We don't I, want your partnership. You throw Bird. your scooters in the harbor, and we don't want that shit. It's Give bad us more for the birds. environment. No. Everyone should get a bird. So that's my waste of the week. I do not like bird. They are trash. Now, when I talk about something that I like on the show, I usually hype it, it up and I give it some cons, right? So when I talk about bird, I have to knock it down because I don't like it, but I also have to be fair and give them credit where credit is due. They were ranked Time Magazine 2018, one of the top 50 genius companies, and I truly believe that 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 is the case. It's a really innovative idea. It's a good product. And I think it has the capacity to help people who need it. Not everybody can afford a car, not, especially in cities like Baltimore. Not everybody can get around as easily as they need to to improve the quality of their life. I think Bird and companies like Bird and Lime and Uber and Lyft can do that. By the way, the uh, founder of Bird, Travis Vanderzanden, real name, everybody, um, like was a former <laughs> executive at Lyft. And then he went to work at Uber. And then he started this company. So I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the feel guy like, knows the game. I feel like Bird is definitely like an uh, a more personable version of the whole ride sharing program that like Uber and Lyft are promoting like around the world. I mean, for Uber and Lyft, when they started out, they changed the game too. They didn't have like that kind of regulations that they have now, uh, that there's certain like laws, certain like uh, rules that need to be set in place in order for them to run functionally within a city. And even different cities have different rules depending on how they manage. So but is... Uber and Lyft have also been around for a lot longer. If you consider the first year as kind of like their uh, flagship program, kind of like, let's see how it turns out and let's see how many people use it. Let's see how it takes off. That's kind of where Bird is right now. Like if you consider all the people that are trafficking Bird at the moment. Okay, so I understand. Your... The regulations come later as the people catch up. I just no. want to make one last comment. Yeah. In when I was in LA, when like LA is like near Santa Monica, this is kind of like the area where like birds yeah, it started. popped up in California. Yeah, basically. there are people there um, managing that and making sure that the birds' rules are being followed the way that they're supposed to. Like cops stop you when you're like in areas that birds aren't supposed to be, or like cops stop you or they fine you if you break a bird or you just leave it lying around. Um, they have ways to kind of catch up, but that just takes a little bit longer than the first year that so, they come out. So here's and here's my gripe, sure. Jose, and sure, I, sure, we've sure, talked sure. about this before as well. First of all, if you're an exec, you're an executive at Lyft, and then you go to work for Uber, and then you start a company, you should understand the importance of regulation, and you should understand how necess how necessary it is, and you should understand like what it entails because you have experience with this. So why are you starting this company without? And launching it in hundreds of cities with where you have no jurisdiction to launch transportation services um, without going through the proper regulatory systems. Um, it's super frustrating for governments and uh, the city and taxpayers and people who are living in the city and the community to play catch up with you because you go ahead and do whatever you want. That's my biggest gripe with Bird is that they this guy knows what he's doing. He, he, he has experience in ride sharing. He has experience in innovation. He knows what he's doing. He knows how difficult and how much of a strain it can be on the city and the people living in the city and the governments of that city. Um, and he knows how much regulation is required for it to go off successfully. And th this idea of like push the tech first and then the regulation comes later is not how business should be done. It should be worked out and then the tech should come in. And it should work be collaborative with the city. It shouldn't be you come into the city, drop off your tech, and then leave which is pretty much how Bird operates. They were trying to expand so fast and so rapidly that they 
blew past all like the necessary like hold on let's think about this how we can do this the most effectively how we can do this the most equitably and how we can do this the best way and i don't think that's their major concern i literally think their major concern was like let's blow this up let's make it as fa- as big as it can possibly be bird you you have an incredibly potent and innovative technology and i do have the idea that it can change and make world-class cities out of a lot of cities right like very cool and interconnected cities but also baltimore city has specific needs that are specific to baltimore city santa monica has needs specific to santa monica kansas city has needs specific to kansas city so you have to work with those governments and make sure it's done right one of the biggest things that baltimore needs is transportation equity it needs the ability for like people who need transportation to get it which is why baltimore city made a big deal of like saying okay there has to be this amount of scooters in circulation in these parts of the city so that people can get to and from where they need to go and that's bird's job to put them there and they're pawning off that job to underpaid like non-professionals basically just anybody who can sign up to be a charger and a redistributor of these scooters like you you got to do better that's just my my thing but they they have the opportunity to do some real good i love the tech i love the innovation i think it can actually be like a very useful technology and i do like it so i'm going to give it a rating what's your rating for waste of the week my waste of the week is 1.5 bird needs to do better they have a powerful and potent technology that can elevate this city and other cities to to new heights but if they don't go about it the right way we're just going to end up in 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 a whole mess of trouble so that is, is that 1.5 licks or do you have a different 1. word for that 5 oh you're right we're <laughs> not i don't know but we should stick with licks let's not overcomplicate it we'll do 1.5 licks but it's it's my waste of the it's week. like the it's like the kind of like lick of the lick of the mouth that you make when like you taste something bad yeah it's like uh trying to get the taste out yeah i don't know it's like you tasted and you didn't like it's 1.5 licks we won't overcomplicate it <laughs> okay this was maybe the most spirited discussion we've had on this show i'm really i really like, I like waste it. of the week i'm a big fan yeah. i think we should incorporate it a little bit more it's gonna you'll see it yeah. pop up viewers. a lot of negative energy with waste of the week though because i'm not trying to spew all this hate i just get really mad at bird and lime but it's it's good it's all good it's all in in jest i guess Taste of the Week is about talking about new things, trying new things. It makes for interesting dinner conversation. Makes for interesting dinner conversation. We got to have both sides of the coin. We can't just be ramping up all the things in the world that we love. We got to talk about some of the things in the world that we don't love, that some of our low lick ratings get it in there. Even if we have to put in some negative energy, we get some spirited conversation and it makes for good content. We had a lot of good content this week also. Remember we had Soul Cuisine uh, Cafe, Get It For Delivery. The Good Place, definitely Great sit down show. and watch it. Great show. Binge watch it with the Soul Cuisine that you ordered. And then, you know, get get together afterwards and talk about why you don't like birds out there. Or if you like birds, talk about why you do like birds. Make your but, point. But talk with somebody over a nice meal this week. Try something new. Taste it. I'm so happy uh, that we are going hard on this show. I yeah. love it. We got new mics, new people, new taste buds. Yeah, we got to stop hitting the mics. I, I haven't hit it this whole time. By my count, you hit it three times at least. I'm going to look forward to all those um, <laughs> social media blasts that we get from our Instagram, uh, on ta- at Taste It Podcast, on, from our side dish, like our website, our blog, uh, tasteitpodcast.com. Uh, check out our Facebook. Facebook, Twitter. It's all at Taste It Podcast. Yeah. Literally just Taste It Podcast on any social media platform and uh, the internet and you will find us. Give and us then a you like. Can interact with give us. Give us a heart. Um, tell Jose not to hit the mics anymore. Right. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you and want. And then write a little, we... if you if you think we earned it, 
Um, I wish Apple Podcasts would change it to licks so we could see how many licks that we would get. Yeah. And then also comment, Jose, stop hitting the mic on Apple Podcasts, and we will do our best to make sure that he doesn't hit the mic anymore. <laughs> Ready and taste, taste it. it. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh.